Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. She provides meals, wipes away tears, and brings encouragement. The creative choreography of a mother's day is evident as she picks up and drops off, remembers lunches, tucks away homework, and dispenses love. A mother knows the steps, she hears the music, and doesn't often miss a beat of this great ballet we call life. She is a star. say happy mother's day to all you moms out there yes happy mother's day to every woman who's given birth to a child that would be you so our special love and greetings go out to all of you we pray and hope that you have a incredible great mother's day we can't wait to get in touch with all of you guys in person doing the uh, video things and the recorded services those are all fine but there's nothing like we miss you all definitely do so we just want you moms to have a great day and hopefully those loved ones around you will make it great for you so with that god bless you have a great day thanks steve and jane for honoring our moms we love you moms and i just hope you're having a great day i know it's kind of crazy what's going on right now you may not be able to be with your kids you may not uh may not be the best circumstances, but uh, just know we love you. We love you and, you know, we just wish you the best, that's for sure. And thank you, Steve and Jane, for giving me the opportunity to speak to everybody. Hi, everybody. It's good to see you this morning. So I just want you to know, actually, this is the second recording. I recorded another one for today earlier, and it just... I got to the end and I looked at Nick and I just said, I hate it. And I think it's because it's funny how when times change or big things happen, it's like the things you used to do before just don't work anymore. And that's kind of, I think, what happened. It was just like something just didn't work. And you know what? I think we're in that time where... Things are changing. We may have to do things differently than we used to do them before. So what I did is I instead I just sat down, I scrapped that message and I said, God, show me what you want to say. And I just started writing and this is what came out. So here we go. The title of my message is the second one. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I wish I knew what was going on, but I, I don't. And I, I, I don't think you do either. It's a strange feeling that I ha it's like I've had a dream that I can't remember. I don't know if you feel that too, but it's like something's going on in the background and it's like I don't quite grasp what's going on, but there's something bigger going on than what I even understand. 
I, I don't know if you feel like that too, but I feel like something's going on and God's, God's up to something. There is this song that we've been singing, even when I don't see it, he's moving. Even, even when I don't feel it, he's moving. He never stops. He never stops working. I think I got those verses wrong, something like that. But he's always working. God is always doing something. And I want you to know right now, God is up to something big in your life, in my life, in the world, in everything that's happening. God's up to something big. You know, they're telling us that uh, this may be the new normal. Um, I don't know if that's true. I'm not up for somebody having their, their Uber control imposed normal on our life. Uh, I'm not up for that at all, but I also don't want to go back to normal. Something's been happening in my life. I don't know about you, but something's been happening in my life that has been, it's, it's almost like God saying, wake up. And you know what? I want to wake up. I want awake. I want to be awake to what God is doing. In fact, maybe you would even want to say that. I want to be awake. And I think in that, that Getting awake is, is really saying, you know what, I do, I want to change. I want something to be different. So I went back to God and I asked him, what do I do? And this is what came out. And the first thing I, I wrote down is God, it's like God saying, I, I want real. I want real out of, out of your life now, Jeff. I think he's saying that to you. I think he's saying that to everyone. I just want real. We're in the middle of a shift. We're spending time with God, commonly called prayer, is going to change for many, I believe. I really feel like God wants something that has become religious for many to become very organic again. God really wants us to be real with him. And for that to happen, I see things like wonder and awe need to return to our life experience. Years ago, Diane and I, this is before we had kids, went to stay with my sister in Costa Mesa, California. And we had her second room or something like that. And it was early in the morning. And all of a sudden I heard this sound. It was this and I had absolutely no idea what that was. I, I, Diane, I think, was waking up and I began to watch the, the bikes that were hanging from her ceiling begin to shake back and forth. And I went to the window and I looked out the window and I'm, I seriously, it looked like somebody was shaking a rug with the sidewalks. They were rolling and I had never seen anything like that before. I'm just literally amazed. And Jennifer pops her head into the doorway and she says, I think it's a big one. And, and I'm, I'm so dumbfounded what's going on that I said, a big what? And she says, it's an earthquake. Jeff, get underneath the door frame or get underneath the table, get underneath something. I'd like to say I obeyed her, but I kind of was so amazed at what was going on that it brought really just a wonder and an awe. And I've thought about that actually a few times and it's done another thing for me. I've started to realize that, you know what, I take for granted the awe and the wonder of God at times. And when big things like that happen, big things like what we're going through right now happen, we start to realize that we're in a lot less control of our life than what we think. 
I don't know about you, but I go day by day and I just think I've got everything going on. I plan things out. I put everything in order. But think about it. It does not take much in the big things of nature that can really mess up our life. And I want you to think about big today. God is really, really big. It has been an, such an important teaching in my life and in the church. We've been hearing this teaching of grace, and it's a wonderful teaching. It's an amazing teaching from the Word of God and from great preachers, great pastors and leaders. I have learned so much. It's been transformative to my life. The message of the favor of God, the message of God being our Father and, and how much love that God has for us. But in the midst of all of that, I think at times I've made God a little bit common. I think I've kind of, because he's so um, loving and because he's so gracious and he understands, you know, when I mess up and he, he puts his arms around me and loves me back in, I absolutely am amazed by that message. But there is another side of God that I think it has to be in our understanding of him as well. And that is the message that he is a God that is worthy of wonder. He is a God that is worthy of awe. You look out at the ocean and you look at the crashing waves. I, you know, I want you to know that God is bigger. I, I look at this majestic world and you think God holds it in his hands. I don't know if you've ever been at night where it's really dark, maybe up in the mountains, and you've seen the Milky Way. Think about it. That's a milkshake for God. It's nothing for God. Or I look at all of these galaxies that we see now on TV and they'll explain them and all of this stuff. And that's like a kiddie pool for God to dip his toe in. I want you to hear that God is big, really, really big. And I want the bigness of God to really, really grab hold of us today. I, th I think that's what's on God's heart. I want to go to Hebrews 12, verse 26 through 29. And it says, let me set it up. It starts out by saying that the children of Israel came, and it's talking about that we need to hear the voice of God. We need to respond to the voice of God. We need to make sure we don't make it common. And he talks about how Moses spoke on Mount Sinai. And when he spoke, the entire mountain was on fire. It says that there was a sound and it shook like earthquakes. And it says that in that fire, in the smoke and in the earthquake, the fear of God came over the people that they, they literally got to the point where they just said, Moses, you go. We are so fearful that we don't even want to, we don't want to be around God because he is huge. And it's in that context that these words come. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving, wait, stop, say we are receiving, Yes, we have received a kingdom, not in the future, 
but it has started now. Now there's much more that is coming, much more is going to happen. It's gonna be really big. But as it goes, since we are receiving the kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Some translations say a consuming fire. God is holy. God is big. God is powerful. There's been a word that has come to my wife by, I think it's been a couple couple sources that have said she is like Lucy in the Chronicles of Narnia, where the brothers and the sisters were sleeping and Lucy is awakened and she goes out in the forest and she meets Aslan. It's the lion. And the word that came to Diana, she would be like Lucy and she would see God in situations that sometimes others didn't see. But the point of it is that Lucy is out in the forest and as Lucy is out in the forest, she meets Aslan. And in the conversation with Aslan, she says, are you a safe lion? And Aslan turns to her and speaks to her and says, no child, I am not a safe lion. So many times we are trying to understand God and we try to put him into categories and, and make him reasonable for us to, to put, as you've heard it before, into boxes. But I want you to know that God will never be safe. God is so much bigger than safe. And it is important that our concept of God does not get limited to safe. It seems that in our age of science, it almost feels like we can, in our humanness, explain, have an explanation for everything is what I'm trying to say. Somehow, deep within, we feel that if we understand something, we're safe with it. If we understand Oh, they come up with the Big Bang, or they, they come up with why volcanoes explode. Somehow, us understanding it makes us feel safer about it. But if wonder about anything, and I think you do the same, I'll, I'll just pull out my device and, you know what, I'll Google it. And somehow, in understanding it, I, I feel like I know something about it. I feel like I, I'm, I'm okay if I, I know something about it. And... You know, it used to be I would get lost. I would try to pull out a map, or if I didn't have a map, I would say, God, help me figure out where I'm going. Now, I just pull out Google, and Google shows me where I'm going. Wonder for us seems like it has been exchanged for the amazement of the next shiny new gadget that we have. Why would we consult the Bible or, or pray to God and, and give him questions if we have Google? You know, I love to watch little children. They, they make me smile. There was a little girl just in the airport as we were coming here to Montana. And she was with her mother and she, had, she didn't have a fear in the world. But what was funny is because she felt safe, she, would just, she was just walking around to people. She was just saying hi to them. There were some other kids and she, she was just, they were instant friends. It's so amazing how kids, when they haven't been hurt or they haven't been damaged, are just so aware and so fun. And I love kids because I think they're just so real and they're so themselves. If they don't like something, they'll tell you. If they really like it, they will, uh, they'll just say, hey, I want more. I want, I want more of that. 
I remember the Y stage with my own kids, and I actually liked the Y stage. I loved explaining things to my kids, sometimes five or ten times when they just go, why, why, why? But I like that stage. However, the one thing that I love the most is how kids are still, children are still in awe of the world around them. We have this home video where my nephew, Sean, he's just old enough with the wonderment of Christmas, but he's still young enough where everything is still amazing to him. And we have, as we're in this video, he's opening his first present and we hear him say, wow. And, and then he opens another present and it's wow. And then it's wow. And it's wow. And, and the video is panning around the room where other people are opening presents, but we just keep hearing him say, wow, wow, wow. And it's all the way through the video. I mean, literally for probably five minutes, we're hearing this little boy say, wow, wow. And it, it makes me think of you know, when, when we were first saved, can you remember when that happened? Now, and some of you, I know you were saved at a very young age, but there was that time when you really had that wonder of God, that awe of God. And it's so fun when somebody gets saved. It's so fun when all of a sudden, you know what? They're not bored with a message. They're not bored with life. And they are certainly not bored with God. Everything is alive to them again. And I think the, the thing about it is that they know that they were lost and now they're found and they're living in life that is just wonderful again. It's amazing to them again. Jesus said that unless we become like a child again, we won't understand or we won't come into the kingdom of God. It's in Matthew 18, 1 through 4. It says, about the time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom? Jesus called a little child over to him and put the child among them. So they're looking at this little child, boy or girl. And then he said to them, I tell you, unless you become like this child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now get into the story. I wonder what they were thinking at that moment. You know, I can't go backwards. I can't become like that. I can't get small again. He says, so anyone who becomes humble as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That was their question. How is somebody great in the kingdom of God? And I can't get into the concept of what kingdom of God meant for them, but it was partly the reason why they were following God. Jesus. They, he was their Messiah. He was the king that they thought was coming. And he was, but he didn't come the way they thought he was coming. But when I read this passage, I think of little Sean and I think of his, wow, wow, wow. I feel like God is saying today that he wants to give us a fresh breath of awe again. He wants to open our eyes to wonder again. So I have these last three things before I close. How do we get our awe on? Just say that with me. I want to get my awe on. Number one is this. Praise elevates what God is doing in our life. I think it comes through acknowledging and praising God for what he is doing around us. Each time it elevates what he's doing, and I believe our faith grows in it. 
instead of allowing that doubt that says, oh, that would have just happened like that anyway, I believe it is so important for us to literally praise God, to give him acknowledgement and thank him for what he is doing and watch God grow in wonder and awe in your own heart. I hear testimonies of how people have just simply asked God for things. And in simply asking for God, something happened. My daughter last week told Jesus she wouldn't be able to finish school if somehow there weren't resources for her to finish the last few classes that she had. And within hours, all of a sudden, she got a communication from FAFSA that said that all of her studies would be covered in the next year. Praise God. That's wondrous. That's amazing. And we need to give God thanks for that. That brings faith into our heart. I think of Aaron at her church. Hi, Aaron. And asked for prayer for little Jacob when he was, he was throwing up and they were concerned that something may have gone wrong in the surgery that we prayed for before and saw amazing results. And then to see the post back that he was fine. Everything is okay. Praise God. Thank you, God, for moving in the life of little Jacob. That's number one, giving God praise for what he's doing, acknowledging it and thanking him for it. Number two, I believe we need to read God's word and allow our imagination to run wild. Get into the shoes of what was happening in Jesus. Maybe start in the biographies of Jesus. That's the first four books of the New Testament. And act as if you were a bystander with Jesus right there, maybe one of his disciples, as the blind man is able to see. Don't allow your mind to just say, oh, I've read this a million times before, but instead ask the Holy Spirit to make it come alive for you. Let the wonder of that blind man from birth, seeing for the first time, the wonder of him seeing, I see men walking around like trees. And then Jesus prays for him again. And all of a sudden he sees things that he had never seen before. Can you imagine? I hope so. That's what I want you to do. Imagine, get into the story. Or maybe the raising of the lame man. Here's a guy that was literally by the gate of the temple every day. All those people had seen him every day they went into the temple. And all of a sudden, one day, the Spirit of God comes on Peter, comes on John, and it's like they know this is his day. And they say, silver and gold, I have none, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Those same people that day in and day out had passed that man, had seen it and said 5,000 souls came into the kingdom of God. Think about if that was to happen again. Let the wonder and the awe of it come into your imagination. Imagine it. Yeah, imagine it. That's what I'm saying. Let it go inside your brain. I think that would be awesome. And please do imagine you know what? I've picked up a bad habit. In the morning, I grab my phone and a lot of times, instead of spending time reading the word, I spend time looking at Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or something like that. And I don't think that's entirely bad, swiping around and all of that. 
But what I think is good for us is that our imagination first in the morning would be drawn to the Word of God and literally asking God, bring wonder and awe into my life as I read this Word today. Number three is simply asking God in prayer, God, will you cause awe and wonder to come over my life? I believe that when we pray to see wonder, God will call us to move into areas that are uncomfortable, that we can see his wonder. Places of awe and wonder have never been, or should I say seldom been safe. If you pray for awe and wonder to come in your life, I believe it's going to take faith to move out into places where God is moving. So I've been starting first with God, you are holy. I've started out my prayer life and there's something that's changed and maybe this will be helpful for you too. Instead of rushing into prayer and saying, God, I need this or God, I want this. I've started something new and it's been probably over a year now. My first place I start in prayer is I will think about the universe. I will think about the weight of the world and I will think about how God is so much bigger than that and I'll begin to praise him for it. Or I will go to Isaiah or I'll go to Revelations and some of those pictures in the word of God that show the heavens and how awesome God is. And I start there with my prayer. And it's some it's crazy because it's like God gets magnified in my heart, my mind, and my spirit. And then it's like trust fills my heart and I'm able to pray about things in a brand new way. I believe that God would honor us if we would begin to pray and say, God, put awe and wonder in my heart again. And then saying, God, show me your heart and show me places that I can go into and step into that I can bring you in, that I could see you move and awe and wonder in that place. I'm going to be honest. All of this has brought me back to thinking that it could be getting close to the end. I know a lot of people are saying that right now. And whenever there's times like this, times of shaking, times of plague, times of when 9-11 happened, there is an awakening. People begin to think about things like that again. It may, it may not be that time. But when I think about it, I think about Jesus coming back this time. The second coming of Jesus will be far different from the first time. The first time he came as a lamb. He came to remove sin from the world. He came to make an offering for that. But the second time it says that he's going to come back as a conqueror, a lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. It says that he is going to destroy all evil. It says he's going to come back and out of his mouth will come a, a flaming sword and it will take out his enemies. I mean, it's going to be awesome. It says that he'll come in the sky. Every eye will see him. The people will see them in such great awe and fear will come upon them that they'll literally ask for the rocks to fall upon them. It's going to be an amazing day. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful for us. And you know what? It says in Second Peter that he's delaying those days so that many people could come to know him before that time comes. There is something of this kingdom that you and I have a responsibility in, and that is to share our faith. I think the awe and the wonder, when we share testimony, the awe and the wonder actually gets infectious and contagious to others. So in finishing here, I just want us to pray about something. 
I just want to finish the prayer. Will you pray with me? I'm going to pray with you. God, I come into this place right now, and first of all, I say, will you bring awe and wonder and even a holy fear into my household? Will you bring that into maybe even my workplace? Will you bring it into my inner life? Will you bring it into my family and my children and and, and my spouse? God, bring awe into me. Let me wonder at how big you are. Let me be amazed at your holiness and how, um, how you just absolutely could wipe out anything with a little flick of your, your pinky. But because you're waiting for those to be saved, that you're giving us time. God, I pray that someone that's listening to this even right now would know that it is so simple to be a part of the kingdom of God. It is as simple as this, as saying, Jesus, I believe that you were the king that came the first time. I believe you're the king that's coming the second time. And I want to be a part of your kingdom by simply saying, I believe that you died for my sin. I believe that you covered it with the blood that you shed on the cross and that you have made a way for me to be in the favor of God, in the grace of God, and that in that I can be one with you. I can be a child of the kingdom. That's the humility that the verse talked about. If you said that prayer, we know one thing. There's a verse that says that the angels in heaven start a party for every person that says, I want to come into the kingdom of God. I want to make you my savior, my Lord. So if that happened, hey, there's a party going on. And we rejoice with that too. Everyone else, I just want you to know that God loves you. His favor is with you. And uh, even when you don't see it, he's moving. Even when you don't feel it, he's moving. He never stops. He never stops working. I love you guys. There'll be another message next week. And we're going to praise God. Bye. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 